Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We're digging deeper with D.D. Denslow on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Uh, welcome to TNT Radio. Yes, you're here with me, D.D. Denslow, on a Sunday edition of Digging Deeper uh, and uh, an interesting show I have got ahead of us today. Uh, first up, uh, he's in the studio now, just waiting for me all the way from across the pond in the USA, Boston, I believe. Uh, I have Sean Nelson. Uh, Sean Nelson is a, a ex-Marine in the US military. Uh, he is also a nurse uh, and he is somebody who uh, refused to comply with COVID mandates in the USA. He refused to allow himself to be uh, injected with the experimental gene therapy. Uh, that that might be responsible uh, for all the people that are suddenly dropping dead uh, at the moment. I see stories every single day. Uh, so he is going to come here to tell us about the story. But he's also been protesting uh, the illegal immigration problem in the USA that makes the U- UK uh, look like uh, a picnic in terms of immigration with the hundreds of thousands that are pouring in across the seven bo- uh, southern border. So he'll be joining me uh, in just a few moments. And then at 1pm, uh, returning guests, uh, I'm looking forward to speaking to her. We've got journalist uh, and uh, she works for UNN, uh, she's worked for Iconic Media, uh, Jackie DeVoy, uh, and we'll be talking about uh, some of the latest things going on here in the UK, uh, maybe some COVID, maybe some war, maybe some farmers, and everyone remember the Nick Bully story? Uh, yes, I'll be talking to her with the latest update on the bodies that apparently have been found in the same stretch of water that have gone unreported in the mainstream media. So please stay right with us here on TNT Radio. A quick story, uh, maybe something that uh, uh, Sean, who's waiting in the wings, will be interested to comment on. Uh, And that's the latest strikes in Yemen. Uh, The US and the UK have launched more strikes on 36 Houthi targets across 13 locations in Yemen over the weekend. Uh, They've been attacking uh, what they believe to be underground drone bases, uh, missile storage areas, as well as air defense. And guess what the Houthis have said? That's great. We're now going to attack even more ships passing through the Gulf of Aden, through the Red Sea, and anything, almost certainly anything, headed towards the conflict in Gaza and Israel. Uh, So this comes after the US launched strikes on 85 targets in Syria and Iraq on Friday in response to a deadly drone attack on a US military base in which three military personnel uh, were killed. Uh, The Houthi rebels in Yemen, who are backed by Iran, uh, and you can tell I'm reading from a mainstream source here because they're always backed by Iran and the, these people aren't in the Middle East and there's no independence there there's no sovereign states every single one is backed by Iran uh, shipping companies have stopped using the Red Sea which usually carries uh, 15% of global seaborne trade uh, and are using a much longer route around the southern Africa instead uh, the Houthis say they are targeting Israel linked ships in solidarity with the Palestinians however many attack vessels have had no connection to Israel. Not since we started attacking Yemen. Now all shipping going through that particular region is a potential target. Uh, UK Sec- Defence Secretary uh, Michael Green, I mean, 
Grant Shapps said the latest strikes were not an escalation. So they're not an escalation. They're not trying to spread the conflict. Uh, they're not trying to uh, make things uh, worse than they already are in the region. And the Houthis attacks on vessels in the Red Sea were illegal and unacceptable. So that comes from uh, Grant Shapps, UK Defence Secretary. He's held just about every position you can possibly imagine. Um, okay, so if you've missed uh, your favourite TNT shows or interviews, simply listen or watch uh, it when you want, wherever you want. Visit episodes on the TNT Radio website, uh, rumble.com, bitchute.com, brighton.com, and all the other podcast platforms. We're also on all, uh, we're on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, iHeart, and TuneIn. Uh, we're on you. Make sure you go and watch us on YouTube. You get to see me with my nice new background and my guest who is about to join me any second here on TNT Radio. TNT's Misty Winston. She says, how is anyone still talking about October 7th? What Israel has done since October 7th is many times worse than what happened on that day by any conceivable metric. The only way to feel otherwise is to believe Israeli lives are worth many times more than Palestinian lives. How is Israeli suffering still being centered over vastly less significant acts of violence three months ago, while ex exponentially worse violence and suffering is being inflicted by Israelis right this very moment? If your nation is attacked and you respond to that attack by immediately murdering thousands of children with incredible savagery, then you forfeit any right to expect anyone to give a shit that your nation was attacked. Israel responded to the Hamas attack by doing something much, much worse than anything Hamas has ever done, and in doing so, completely delegitimizing itself as a state and completely validating everything the Palestinian resistance has been saying about the state of Israel since day one. Misty Winston on today's News Talk TNT. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Unbiased information. Honest and forthright. News without the misinformation. It doesn't matter what side you're from. What matters is what you say, the truthfulness behind it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And welcome back to TNT. You're here with me, DD Denslow, uh, on a Sunday edition of Digging Deeper. Uh, and I am joined by Sean Nelson, uh, all the way from the pond. Uh, he has been fighting for his freedoms in the USA. Uh, Sean, welcome to the show. Uh, please, could you introduce yourself? Uh, let the audience know who you are, and we'll pick up on your story straight away, mate. Hello, everyone. My name is Sean, Sean Nelson. Um, born and raised in Boston, as he said, across the pond in the US. Um, I was in the Marine Corps as a Lance Corporal for shortly for a short time. This was back in the time. I'm actually 45 years old, not younger. So it was back during Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Unfortunately, someone found out and I was unfortunately had to leave. I pursued a, a path in medical field as first I got a certificate as a medical assistant. Then I got a certificate as a certified nursing assistant that I've been doing for the last eight to nine years. Um, just like many people, I the type of, like I go to work, I go to the gym, and time's gone to school, and I'm like a, a laid back type of person. I want to go home, relax. I'm more of a working person, playing a video game. And then when COVID hit, like everybody else, I was I was scared because um, a lot of people didn't realize, you know, we were asked by our managers, so who's staying during COVID? 
my manager walked over to me and she said, Sean, I know your answer because I'm that loyal type of person that will always stick with my employees and my coworkers, no matter thinking thin, but she needed to hear it. Um, so COVID came in, you know, always worrying about your patients. So you kind of fell into the whole narrative, the narrative like you're going to catch COVID and die, wear a mask, take your shots. But then time went on, it was just like, a lot of stuff does not make sense. It was like a lot of common sense. When I walked into my unit for the first time and we converted over to a COVID unit, if this is uh, an airborne virus, why are all the doors to the patient's room wide open? And when I brought it up to my, my nursing manager, she's like, I don't know why. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It wasn't until one of the doctors walked through with the supervisor, he said the same comment. Why are all the doors open? And so they replaced all the doors with windows. But this time was just going on and stuff was not making sense. And then slowly I was like not wearing a mask outside. Um, I was just kind of questioning stuff. And then when, you know, when our president got elected, Joe Biden, you know, you're, you're hearing this like, oh, all the medical staff, all the frontline workers were heroes. But then when 21 came in, you started mandating that you have to take a shot or to keep your job or matter of fact, be a part of society. It's like, um, that's wrong. That's discrimination. The first thing that came to my mind was the civil rights movement. So instead about my skin color being treated like a second class citizen, it's now medical discrimination. I can't walk into a business unless I wear a mask and then I'm going to get harassed by the, the, the workers there and then other people. And now for me to walk into a business, I got to show you my med a medical card. That's, that's crazy. And then more so than that, while I was working every single day, I was working 64 hours plus a week because you, you didn't have people picking up hours because during the pandemic, I literally slept at the hospital majority of the weeks, barely went home. And now you're telling me that I'm unfit to do my job because I don't want to take experimental drugs. No, every person in the medical field was looking at each other's like, no, we don't want to do this. I'm a, I'm a medical assistant, so I'm at the low bar of like the, the the totem pole. I would have nurses asking my opinion. Sean, are you going to go take the shot? And it's like mm, probably not. Probably give it a year or two once I see like what are the side effects of these things, and you don't even know it. But then it was like, oh, it's mandated for you to keep your job, and you know. I keep my head down. I've kind of always been like the law abiding citizen. When the government asked me to go do something, I thought it was in the well-being of everybody else, but it wasn't. I actually went to my doctor to go ask her questions at the time I was taking a medication. And I looked up in my own research. I didn't see anything about conflict or anything kind of conflict with the shot affect me negatively. She couldn't even give me a straightforward answer. She said, oh, well, no one's came back to the clinic to complain about the shot. That made no sense. You cannot go on your computer and give me a give me a straight answer from a doctor. And she didn't realize that I'm a medical assistant, so I know what's kind of basically going on. And one surprising thing, when I made the appointment with uh, the nurse, she warned me, Sean, to let you know that none of the doctors are giving you doctor's notes. And that was all. That was the strategy. They didn't want anyone coming back with a doctor's note for their jobs because it's like. Oh well, now you have an excuse not to take the shot. Yeah. People here will exactly. actually, yeah. By doctor's notes, you mean exemptions from having the 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 vaccine? Yeah, you, 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 uh -huh. they were the doctors were actually told not to give exemptions to patients or people because now you have an excuse to get out of yeah. taking the shot. And if the doctor did, 
they would be punished by you know being removed for their from a medical facility. Mm-hmm. So people didn't realize that. And then people were also being scammed out of using a religion exemption because it's like normally you would just hand it in. That's it. It's on file. Now you're being questioned by your manager, lawyers, defining like how can we trick you out of using it. I've known people, I've never used a medical exemption. I was never religious, so I never had to do one. But I had people who told me like I've worked in a hospital for like 30 years. All I had to do was submit it. Now I'm being questioned by the manager, by another manager, by another manager. They found one of the excuses that people just lost their jobs. It was for my no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, I just, how, how, um, how busy uh, or how many COVID patients were there in the hospital? You know, was it rammed full of COVID patients or just people who were tested positive? And um, you said you're working 64 hours a week. I'm assuming that's right away the way through the COVID period, or at least until uh, you weren't allowed to work because you didn't have a vaccine. Um, did you catch COVID yourself? And did I start I mean, there was some staff members. So I worked in a rehab center, so we picked up the extra staff from the patients from other people. So people didn't realize that in the U.S. and maybe sure across the pond, that COVID patients were more were worth more than regular patients. Uh-huh. So that was a scam right there that people didn't realize. Um, so when we took in those patients, our hospital only did that because they wanted the extra money. Um, financial incentives, right? We no. typically at this point. All our patients were elderly people. People were like, you know, 70, 80, 90 years old. The same thing you saw in the media, old people coming out of the hospitals. And it was just like, none of them are sick. They are, none of them had symptoms. So it was kind of weird. Like, you know, these are the elderly. These are the most vulnerable. And they're completely fine. Nothing seems to be wrong with them. And it's just like, something's going on here. I mean, we had a few staff members claim that they had probably had COVID. But it's like, you know, this was like during cold and flu season. So... Yeah. Some people, you know, like I, I don't know if I actually ever had COVID. You know, I didn't miss any time of work being sick until like maybe of December of 2020, where I actually caught out of work for three days. But I don't know if it was because I was just fatigued. Like I said, I was working 60 or hours yeah, a yeah, week yeah. And plus, not really getting rest and sleeping in a hospital. Uh-huh. <laughs> so my my facility. So, so- so you got to a position where you didn't want to take the vaccine. It seems like a lot of people that you worked with didn't want to take the vaccine either. Um, you, you've obviously refused to comply with this mandate. Uh, what ha- happened to you after that? Uh, I, I, I've seen pictures of you out protesting. Uh, Michelle Effendi is the uh, is the person who put you in contact with me, uh, and I understand like you know the the trouble and the persecution that she went through. Have you been persecuted? Did you go out and protest? What were the consequences of you not taking the vaccine? And what's going to happen to you going forward from today? Um, so what happened with me is I did meet with my manager and I told her like, you know, cause I switched to a new hospital, Boston medical center. And the first thing I told my manager, um, the interviewer was, um, I'm only, I don't want to take the shot. So and then obviously it goes above her head. Eventually it's like I said, I've never protested in a day in my life. I didn't know how to go do it. Come on. I'm basically a loner. So I don't have a bunch of friends and family. So I went on social media and I typed like who's standing up to against the protesters. And then we got connected with, you know, Catherine Fatale. She, you know, introduced me to the whole protesting thing. I actually went to in front of my hospital after my shift and protested from, I I worked from like 11 to seven. So eight o'clock in the morning, I'm out with a handful of mothers 
protesting the shot. And my message was my body, my choice, not government or my employer. And, you know, we had a couple of people like, you know, driving by, giving us the thumbs up. And I even had like coworkers and scrubs coming up behind me and saying like, oh, thank you so much. But they were doing it quietly because it's like, you know, they were hoping someone, you know, I got the praise secretly, but no one else kind of stepped up either. And people were quitting from different departments, like the emergency room of Boston Medical, about 15 to 16 people quit because they refused to take the shots. Uh-huh. Um, as, you know, um, I was actually fired from Boston Medical Center on October 15th, 2021 for failing to comply with the policy of taking a shot. That was literally a kick in the stomach to me because yeah. um, I went home. I was laying down. I was like, oh, my God, I just lost my job. I don't know what, what I'm going to go do. Um, it was like I wasn't fired because I was a bad employee. I was fired because I took chose not to take something that I didn't trust, and that's how it is. And it's and this is the same people that talk about my body, my choice for another subject uh-huh. with abortion, but not my body, my choice for not taking medication. And the funny thing is, in the U.S., patients have the right to refuse to take medicine. So why doesn't the employee of a hospital who knows better? So that day, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna interrupt you there. Uh, what is your opinion on the vaccine? Then, uh, do you believe that there is something very sinister behind it, which means you know, which, which is why there's this massive push that everyone must take the vaccine? Other medications, that's okay. You can just get an exemption for that, but not this specific medical product. Do you think that there is a, a sinister motive behind that? Oh, of course I do. It's more about control and money because um, every pharmaceutical company made billions of dollars. You're sitting here trying to strong on the public into taking a shot that they don't want to. It's like for myself, I grew up in the 90s. You used to watch these commercials and these little TV shows that told people, stand up for yourself. Don't take drugs. Don't be bullied or pressured. And now the government's now the bully and the pressurer. To the public uh, to the point like i said like if you didn't take the shot you couldn't go into a business i didn't like that segregation right there i don't get what uh-huh. you're the you're the government that says no there's no discrimination there's no segregation that's wrong that's evil but yet you're now pushing it on the public and for myself i didn't see how a lot of people didn't put the two together it's segregation based off medical status uh-huh. and of course it's sinister because you know you look at it as you have all these side effects and no one's telling you about it. And if you talk about it, somehow you're a conspiracy nut. Follow the science. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your so in your real, real world experience, and maybe with people who in the hospital that you worked in in Boston that got uh, pressured into taking this job, uh, have there been a lot of injuries or or even deaths? which you believe are as a result of the vaccine? Have you seen that in your friends, your family, your workmates, or in your wider social circle? I haven't seen any death, but I know just the week before I was about to, I was terminated, there was a counsel that worked inside the hospital and she got the worst of it. She was a fully healthy woman and she was completely, she had to be taken care of by people. She was completely knocked on her behind. She could not move. She needed people to take care of her. And she took the shot. She was completely dependent on somebody else. And people didn't see that because it was always covered up and no one had ever mentioned it. I've had literally 
hospital staff tell me they regret taking the shot because they feel completely different. I, my uh, skin is breaking out. I don't feel the same. Um, but when the shot came out, maybe that, you know, when it was forced on people, um, what people don't realize, at least in America, there was a vast shortage of healthcare workers and they made it worse because people were not taking the shot. When I called my last two facilities and just, you know, just talked with my friends who I just have you know, nurses and staff, people said they, they cleared out. They, they were completely short staff. When I finally got a new job five months later after, you know, um, the wear and tears with the, the vaccine, the new place told me that when they introduced the mass policy, the vaccine policy, the majority of their staff upped and quit. They were so desperate for staff that the employment agencies created a temp position for nurses and CNAs because since we're contractors, we don't fall under the hospital's policy of you have to go get a shot unless there was a very powerful hospital and if you uh, want to add to. So there was that loop around. The place I went to, I was actually staff. Very few, but everyone else was a temp worker from other places. And that was like that, it just opened a whole new industry because people definitely did not want to take a shot. So contractors, so yeah, contractors they were come in who were unvaccinated, but all the healthcare staff that were like uh, on the books, so to speak, in the hospital, uh, they lost their job or they left because they were required or forced uh, to yes. get the vaccines. Um, are those mandates still in place now in healthcare settings in the USA or in other environments, schools, police forces, etc., the military? Are, is there still this massive pressure for people to take the COVID vaccine or is it died it's down? Actually, the mandates are still there, but they're more all like on like out of sight, brushed under the rug that people don't see it. We just had like a health board in Boston pass something to where they're still in place. They added COVID to be the annual shot, but they kind of made it seem like, well, you have a choice not to, you can opt out of it, but they still leave it up to the facility to accept the um, exemption or not. So for example, if they say, oh, you have to take the COVID shot. I wish not to go take it. Now it's up to the administrator to say, okay, we'll take that, sign this form, you're good to go. So at any given time, they can just revoke it and say, you have to take the shot. I once time I actually sat down with our legislators on a, a meeting and that's the thing I had told them, like, I worry about someone else's who has a authority over me pushing their political views and medical standards onto me. Cause we still have it today. Like a lot of our hospitals have gone back to the mass mandates knowing that you've been told that they don't work, but now you're pushing this propaganda and scaring people like back into wearing masks, even though you either are scared of COVID and now you're using your authority to spread that fear to other people. So. Do, do, you think, do, do you think like some of the hysteria and some of the craziness that was pushed and really apparent from people in political positions and the establishment positions, uh, both in the USA, Europe, UK, Australia, Canada, right across the world. Uh, do you think that there is an element of 
They've been given some power. Medical staff, just, just nurses have been given some power because of COVID. People who were just general, members of the public who were insignificant in life, all of a sudden could start demanding that people wear masks in shops and think, which is the sort of behavior that we experienced here in UK. Do you think that um, those people rose up and came out of the shadows during COVID because they had this opportunity of having some strength or control or power over individuals. Do you think do you think that that's what's happened? And that helped perpetuate the hysteria that we saw. Almost definitely. That's why I said like um, some Karen in some hospital who has some kind of weird view of life. And now you have gotten, you know, you have the media, the government backing you up and, you know, you're now flexing your muscles. And it's like, yeah, I always see people, you have to wear a mask. You have to wear a mask. My safety. Yeah. It's like yeah. all those Karens that you saw on, you know, social media demanding you wear a mask for their healthy. And it's like, um, you're bloated, you're obese, and you're talking about my health, and you're in a fast food restaurant telling me this X, Y, and Z, and you're not even wearing your mask properly. I would have so many people, you gotta wear your mask. You're, you're gonna make me sick. And I'm looking at you, it's like, first off, you're not even wearing your mask. It's supposed to be up to here, covering your nose down. It's down here where I can see your lips. So what are you talking about? <laughs> it was just the ridiculousness. So like, yeah, you're you're correct. I saw so many people like as soon as you give them a little bit of power, or there's something they can they can use to um to deceive you with, it's like they're they're capitalizing off of it. It's like that's why I was calling like, well, you're a mass Karen because you're you're being completely absurd and you're making no sense, but yet you're trying to flex some kind of authority that you think someone's giving you to demand what I do. Mm-hmm. And what's the consequences for you going forward then? I mean, I, t- I, I understand that you've been out and you've protested, you know, the, my body, my choice. Um, you know, you, you've, you've opposed uh, vaccine mandates out on the streets. Uh, what have the consequences of you taking those actions been? Obviously, you've lost your job. So there was a financial hit. Have you been able to find other work? Uh, have there been any, are there any legal cases against you for protesting? Uh, and so on. What's what's happening to you? So, so after I did lose my job, I kind of knew that, again, I knew the inside track. Healthcare was already weakened before COVID and they made it worse. So all I had to go do is wait a much of the time to the point some people are going to have to realize reality. You're going to have to like bend on a lot of these mandates. That's why five months later, when I went to go look for a job, this was the one when I discovered like about the, the contractors. Um, the recruiter told me, yes, they are accepting um, hospital, uh, I mean, um, resi- a, you know, a medical resumption, which I was lucky enough that somebody actually over the pond provided me through an email and they immediately accepted it. No questions asked. Yep, you're on the staff. You're not a contractor. So uh-huh. I knew there was a lot of people who are coming down off the, the you know, how strict they were about it because they needed actual staff. As for the the consequences, it's like like um just like with Michelle, when we stand up to the government, the narrative is oh we're white supremacists, we're crazy. Um, when we protested on May when she introduced the Vax passport, and we went to her house, she was going on the news calling a bunch of people who are very diverse, mothers, blacks, white, gay, straight, all kinds of walks of life, racists misogynist hating Asians and that went on the news cycle for several weeks because 
no one would actually come over and take pictures of us being outside the mayor's house. And it's like, okay, I don't see a bunch of white men in hoods talking about high Hitler. You see yeah. a bunch of mothers like the mayor protesting not for themselves, but the, for their children. You have police officers standing outside protesting the mayor. You have me, a medical staff member, protesting the mayor. And also I'm gay. So you, she'll go on the news talking about, oh, I support black people. I support gay people. Well, they're right there in front of your face and say, we don't want to take the medicine. Uh-huh. So... <laughs> I, I was actually going to ask you this question. Uh, was you was you specifically, uh, and you are a gay black man, uh, mm-hmm. called a white supremacist for your stance um, on the vaccine and mass mandates and COVID, etc.? Oh, yeah. I was called a white. This is what the mayor did. She called us white supremacists. She called us racists. And it's like, are you... Because, you know, she was playing victim. And, of course, the media never showed up to the house to actually capture us on camera. So everyone's going based off her word. And, of course, we see with the mainstream corporate media, they go along with these politicians. If they said the main, the moves made out of the cheese, everyone's going to believe it. But uh-huh. we slowly, we gain, we gain traction because we've had allies who actually, like yourself, having us on these shows. And people will say, oh, you're not racist. You're not anything. But we've actually accomplished so many things. We've actually outed out the mayor um, this last year. She was shown to be so irritated with a small group of people challenging her mandate that she became a tyrant and she created an enemies list Mm -hmm. of protesters claiming that, oh, she felt physically intimidated. We have been so close to the mayor, Michelle Wu, that I can reach out and touch her head on multiple uh, occasions and she's never been hurt. No one's ever called her any kind of racial slur. And she created an emergency list. So anytime we go out, we see the, the police force being weaponized against us, pushing us. Any little thing you do, we're going to arrest you. And, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Michelle, like the first time I was arrested for this movement was with Michelle Effendi. I was the first one who got arrested at the state house. We challenged their authority. They had no legal backing to illegally keep us out of the state house. And the, uh, the a lieutenant of the state police was threatening me like, oh, well, you're touching her. You're touching her. I'm not touching her. Assault and battery. How is assault and battery? I'm just standing here close enough for you. And then he kept threatening me like, I'm going to arrest you. And I said, OK, I'm not the type to be a threat. You either do it or shut up. Mm-hmm. And then, OK, then arrest me. And then I turned around and that's when he pulled me back. And that's when Michelle slipped through and we were both charged with assault and battery on government employees and trespassing on public property okay and and just quickly because we're about to go to a break sean um Mm -hmm. those uh charges against you have they been settled and dealt with have you been issued with fines we've got court dates coming up um are they still ongoing oh they're still ongoing they're now going on to two years because they don't want to let go of it because you can't have, you know, people like me in a small group challenges powerful government. So they think, okay, we're going to hold you up in court. We're going to punish you with the process and hopefully you'll go away. And it's like, no, it doesn't. I'm the, I, unlike most other people, again, I'm being single. I have no children. I don't have family here. So like you can't hold any of this against me. So it doesn't have an effect. I mean, I've been going to court again, most of my court cases, it's now going on two years and these are assault and battery charges. These are trespassing charges. This is disturbing the peace. You literally have people on the left protesting all kinds of things, destroying all kinds of property. 
when they get arraigned, their cases are dismissed right there, or they get community service. Mm-hmm. They're punishing us because we tra- we challenged them and we've actually won. Because when we challenged the state house the first time, our state house was the, the longest one closing. So we reopened the net up when they had the vaccine policy on it that we challenged it, they dropped it. We've been successful to, to, of dropping a lot of the mandates in um, in Massachusetts and in Boston because we just stood up to people. Yeah, I, I, I keep fighting it, Sean, because the one thing that the establishment here in the USA, anywhere, particularly in the Western world, are, are afraid of are, are men who have got nothing to lose and men who just wanted to be left alone. And there are many of us. I'm in a similar boat to you. I'm a single guy. Uh, I do have a daughter. But other than that, I have no real skin in the game. And yet I feel I'm being attacked uh, and punished for no crimes, and there are many, many men like me and you who one day, probably quite soon, are going to get up and push back. And that's the one thing they're frightened of, which is why they're trying to persecute people like you, Sean, to make examples of you to stop and keep the rest of the men who just want to be left alone quiet. We're going to a break now, uh, Sean, and then when we come back, another um, uh, another topic that you've been getting yourself into trouble with for uh, is immigration, and I am particularly interested in that story. It's something that dominates right across the Western Hemisphere, and it's a serious, serious, what we call hot political potato. So please, stay right with us here on TNT Radio. Deweaponizing weather with reality and perspective. I really don't understand how this trial between Michael Mann and Mark Stein is continuing. And I don't know if Dr. Mann wanted to put his hockey stick on trial. There are so many holes in his argument. It is hard to believe. I don't even understand how people could have let that out without questioning it. And I've talked about this before. One of the biggest problems I have is he won't let anyone look at his data. At least no one that is skeptical of his data. And that should raise red flags. Now I've talked about this many, many times. You can go and look at what the global temperature does. When it's warm in the eastern and central part of the United States and warm across Europe, usually the global temperature is elevated. Now, when it's cold in those areas, believe it or not, the global temperature is actually colder. The problem with this whole hockey stick and the recreation of temperatures from pine cones is the areas he looks at and draws his ideas from are usually cold when the earth is warm. So he would not be able to detect that. He would not know that because he's not a meteorologist. If he was a meteorologist, would he know it? Of course he'd know it because we talk about this all the time. They're called teleconnections. So if I were in there talking about this, I'd be asking, where is your meteorology background and are you aware of this going on? But in any case, this whole hockey stick idea of temperature recreation looks to be more of a hokey stick to a lot of us out there and the first red flag is you wouldn't let anyone look at your data this is tnt climate and weather watchdog meteorologist joe bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather it's the only weather you've got hi i'm your retirement fear but don't be scared. You're still in pre-tirement. Pre-tirement? Does that mean I have more time to plan? Precisely. Here, this is pretirement.org. Huh. Retirement savings options? <laughs> Potential tax breaks. Yep. Boo. Oh, I 
could build up savings for my side hustle. This isn't scary. I'm doing it. You got this. Visit thisispretirement.org for free resources to help you customize your action plan. You're listening to Digging Deeper with D.D. Denslow on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Uh, welcome back to TNT. You're with me, D.D. Denslow. I'm here talking to Sean Nelson. Uh, Sean uh, is somebody who was working in a hospital setting uh, and uh, refused to accept uh, vaccine mandates. But he's not just been somebody who's been opposed to that and pro- uh, protesting uh, against the mandates and the craziness in the USA, but also uh, immigration. And I actually think I saw this story on social media, Sean, where um, a recreation center had been taken over by um, illegal immigrants or at least not been taken over they didn't just storm up through the country and, and take over our recreation center or they might have I don't know uh, but they were given that uh, that venue as accommodation correct yes they were um, the governor governor Healy and with um, assistance with Mayor Wu took it over because the story broke out that they had illegal immigrants um, sleeping at um, Logan National Airport in Terminal E, and that story was going on on the news. So of course, it makes them look bad. So in a rush, they accept, they decided to take the, over that rec center because it's in a poor black neighborhood. And oh, so, oh well, we'll take advantage of the black people because um, they expected no one to say anything. Because the way they did it, they did it really fast and blindsided the community that no one knew what what was happening. It, you know, one of our counselors, Tana Fernandez, she's one of those, you know, she's a sellout. She doesn't care about the community. That's what she claims. So 200 people got on a Zoom call, I believe, that Monday or Tuesday night. 200 people from the residents, they were completely outraged. You're taking resources away from a poor neighborhood who needs it. This is a program where a lot of our inner city kids go to to get off the streets. And this is a, a building where I seen this dude to go get out of their houses and socialize. Yeah. And they just turn it up without asking a single person. How how serious is it where you are and what you gather from the, the mainstream media, social media, whatever your information sources are? How serious is the immigration or illegal immigration problem in the USA? You know, how commonplace is it for rec centers, uh, which I'm assuming is like a sports center? How, how, how um, uh, commonplace is it for them to just to be uh, seconded and given to illegal immigrants, not just where you live in Boston, but across the USA? Give us a of the problem. So, uh, you know, I have a mixed source, mostly a social media, a lot of independent reporters. But you look at places like New York, Chicago, they're the worst because they dumped them right there in the middle of the city with no warning. And, you know, they're taking up spaces, they're taking up um, resources in Chicago. You know, they're wandering around causing trouble, stealing, harassing people in the neighborhood and robbing. And, you know, you know, you know, if you look at the images, you know where they go, they leave this huge mess behind and they are completely affiliated because people in that community had to advocate for everything fight tooth and nail just to get any amount of money into that neighborhood and now you have someone who hopped across the border who has no loyalty to this country who pay no taxes and you're being pushed in front of line when people have been waiting for services for years and it's a slap in the face 
Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it, it, we've got the same problem here. We, we've got people yeah. coming across and landing on, on at Dover in dinghies. We're getting about a thousand a week. Doesn't sound like much. We're a small country in terms of an island. We're getting thousands through airports, thousands through the Channel Tunnel, underneath trucks, in people's luggage storage area that they have above their car. They open up and out come, you know, four Afghanis who've been, we've been fighting against, or the USA has been fighting against for the last, uh, you know, a couple of decades. Um, what's the public feeling generally, not in your neighbourhoods, a black community, um, or, you know, what might be described by the Democrats as a diverse community? And it, it might be the narrative coming from the Democrats that, oh, you know, diverse communities are all for uh, illegal immigration uh, and your city and the USA as, whole, as a whole. What's the feeling from your friends, family uh, and the public at large? The public at large, especially now that they're in Roxbury, they're outraged, just like everywhere else in the U.S. where these illegals come in. They don't want them here. They Again, they're stealing our resources. We have programs where um, if you make the slightest bit too much money, you can't even get it. You, you just had a man. I was there. The man who was outraged, he's working 40 hours a week and he's homeless. But yet someone who broke our immigration laws, again, gets room and board housing, health care, food stamps, money. Um, they're being driven around the state to get services. And one woman was telling us that her daughter works in the welfare office and they're bringing these people and signing up for welfare, but people who bust their behinds in this inflation can barely afford to take care of themselves, you're getting nothing. And now you took a recreational center from the community and you didn't tell nobody. And the more insulting thing is supposedly the black leaders are sitting there telling people in the audience, oh, Roxbury's opening arms, open wide, we're welcoming them, we're here to help them. And it's like, that is the complete lie and the complete opposite of what they're saying. I actually mm -hmm. saw a portion of the interview, every Black leader that spoke, if you look at their body language and the way they speak, not one bit of confidence. And the ironic thing about it is, um, Tanya Fernandez, who's a city council for District 7, with the Rocks, where this rec center is, and there was a reverend, they both participated in a protest in a news conference, literally on the other end of the street where the rec center is for a Walgreens that was closing, talking about how it was disparaging for a poor black neighborhood to lose this Walgreens, the pharmacy, where are people going to get their diapers and stuff. So in a week, a few weeks later, you're now allowing illegal immigrants to take a vital resource from here. So one week you're saying that it's bad for Walgreens to leave the neighborhood of a poor black neighborhood, leaving us with nothing. And now another week later, you're now saying it's OK for illegal aliens to take resources from the black people in the community. Complete hypocrites and liars. Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming then, because I know you've been out and protested what's going on in this recreation centre, that there are actually, there is a sort of social unrest and a social upheaval and a social rising uh, against uh, uh, the immigration problems that you're experiencing in the USA. Uh, I, I understand that, that was it, a load of truckers have decided to make their way to the southern border in Texas uh, to help with the National Guard. Uh, is that a true story? Is that happening? Uh, that's definitely true. Um, you see these convoys of trucks going there to help block the border and keep these individuals from scattering into the um, the country. And again, this is being helped by Joe Biden's administration. You are having trucks and people who are working on the federal level just welcoming them in, opening up barbed wire. You're seeing um, border agents 
you know, soldiers just standing there, yeah, get into the trucks, get into the vans, we'll drive you off to some kind of nonprofit group that's going to take care of you, give you money, room and board, a ticket to go to these sanctuary cities. And I also want to point out, Governor Healy, she's already wasted $1.5 billion in Massachusetts tax funds in these elite, with these illegal immigrants. And what other people saw, like, they're getting brand new stuff that people like my friend um, Catherine, when she, you know, she's on welfare, food stamps, when she had a kid, she got used stuff. She didn't get brand new strollers for her kids and her babies. These mm-hmm. strollers that they brought in are worth $200. Mm-hmm. And they're also getting security as well. Yeah, we've got exactly the same issue here. I mean, literally every sort of four-star hotel in the UK right now is occupied by fighting age, fighting fit men from the Middle East and Africa. And we have to ask the question, and we're asking it here, I'm sure you are in the USA, and that is, what the hell is going on and why aren't our political class doing anything about it? Now, I'm guessing, and I do sort of know, because you just told me during the break, but I'm guessing, Sean, you're not a Biden voter. No, I'm not. Did well, they, Biden, what Biden would say to that, he would go, well, you ain't black then, honey, you ain't black. If you well, and Biden. then I would tell him in his face, shut the hell up. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, for this man who has the history of basically making racial comments during his time as a senator, he has no place to call me, now I'm not black. Yeah. In fact, this is the same man that cost me my job in the hospital field when I was working during the pandemic. Him and every other politician was at home getting paid on that fat behind while people like me didn't went to work jeopardizing our health for this so-called pandemic. So can please, can you please shut up with your hypocritical ways? Uh, we know exactly what's going on. And you know, these immigrations, for at least for the democratic party is there are their new voters. They are their new cheap laborers. We're being replaced. Yeah, you, 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 I mean, there is a replacement. I know that's a very, very uh, white supremacist uh, conspiracy theory, but that's okay because we're both white supremacists here together having yes. a chat, Sean. Uh, you, you, you do believe then that, that um, we, we call it the clergy plan, that there is a great replacement going on of, of indigenous people here, the, the indigenous Brits. We see the, the French and the Germans and, and the various European countries. They all got massive immigration problems we all see it in the usa that the democrats uh the labor labor here in the uk they're importing voters and making sure that once they are in power that they never ever get out of power do you believe quite quickly because we're coming to the end of the show do you believe that that is actually what's going on they're important it's exactly what's going on because our city council just a few weeks ago are trying to pass um to give non-citizens the right to vote in local elections and we just i just discovered that there's like 14 other cities who have already passed it and i know new york city tried to pass it but you know the republican party stopped them so we see mm-hmm. what they're going doing because as soon as like non-citizens people who have you know registration cards guess what you're going to do with these illegals you're going to give them just like yeah. how you're giving them work permits you're going to give them residential cards to be non-citizens to vote yeah and um there are also i see and it's rumors again right across the west that uh, maybe we can get give citizenship 
to illegal immigrants by getting them to serve in our armed forces. It's very Starship Troopers-esque, if you've ever seen that film. Final question for you then, Sean, and I really appreciate your time, uh, especially since it's very early in the morning in the USA. I'm assuming then if you're not voting for Biden, you're going to be voting for either Trump or RFK. And you've already said to me, Trump, um, you are going to vote for Trump. How do you yes, see the next the next nine months going in the United States leading up to the election. Is it going to be chaos? Will the election even happen, especially in consideration of the wars that we've got in the Middle East and in Ukraine? Will the election happen? Uh, and is Trump going to win? Well, Trump definitely will win because he has the support of regular black folk people that just say, no, we voted for Biden and not voting for again. We're going to see they're going to be trying to prevent him from in every way with lawsuits, criminal charges. I think we've, you know, we've had people, you know, trying to have him removed off the ballot in Massachusetts. So they're going to try every trick in the book to try to keep him from um, running as president. Because I've actually heard people say, of he runs and becomes president, he's going to ruin all their plans. Yeah. yeah. I've got one, quite, one quick question then, uh, with Trump. He's the guy who rolled out the vaccines. Are, are, is he just the best of the bad options? Or do you believe he will save the USA? Uh, I'm very much in two minds on Trump. Sometimes I think, oh, he's going to be the one who's going to save us, save the world. And then I'm like, maybe he's just part of the plan because he is the guy who rolled out the vaccines. Um, it, it, what's your opinion on Trump? Savior? or possibly or, or the worst or the best of bad choices or he's part of some evil cabal well i kind of believe it's like um you deal with haters like they are giving him so much hate and you're trying to get him off the ballot so obviously there's something going on with this person that you don't want him on the ballot because if he was just one of the people that was going to go along you were just like yeah yeah trump trump he's neutral go put it on but the fact that you're going through all these links to keep him off the ballot um, I believe he's probably someone who can help the American people and hopefully the rest of the world. And it, like again, he admitted it that he did create the vaccine, well, help push him out, but he never mandated it. We we never would have known what he was done because he lost the election. Uh -huh. So this this is I, I mean I, I'm I'm gonna say like no one in politics is perfect as long as you try. That's all I can yeah. look at. But right now, he's the only person I can see who I would actually vote for. None of anybody else. Yeah, uh, I mean, my other very quick argument, and we've come to the end now, is that the reason they're using lawfare uh, and demonizing Trump in the press is because they know it increases his popularity. And so maybe the establishment want Trump to win, which is why they're using some sort of reverse psychology. I don't know. There's so many layers to what goes on in the world. It's hard <laughs> to ever be certain. But keep fighting, Sean. I really appreciate you coming on my show. Uh, the world needs more people like you who are willing to stand their ground and stand up to the establishment. So I will be in touch afterwards uh, uh, to, to, to let you know about audio and video that's going to be coming your way from this recording. Uh, and to everyone else who's listening, please stay with us here on TNT because Jackie DeVoy is incoming on TNT Radio.